Welcome to the Nonprofit Voice Tech Series, a special edition of the Nonprofit Voice Podcast, hosted by Mark Becker, founding partner of Cathex's Partners and editorial advisory board member of Nonprofit Pro. In each episode of this monthly installment, Mark will have conversations with prominent nonprofit organizations and industry thought leaders to learn more about different technology offerings in the marketplace. Join us and together we will learn more about these innovative digital tools and how to navigate the rapidly evolving technology landscape. Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, Mark Becker here, founding partner of Cathexis Partners. Today we have a couple of great guys with us to talk about upgrading your your tech stack, uh, looking at where you're at, where you're going, where you need to be, um, and all those. That's a, it's a big topic. Looking forward to chatting. Uh, first of all, Sal, you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little about your background? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Mark. Um, my name is Salvatore Sal Pietro. Sal works. Uh, I'm the chief partnership officer at Fundraise Up. Um, did everything at Fundraise Up uh, back from the inception. I was the first employee on board and, uh, and then eventually settled into this role. But prior to this, I was uh, digital director at uh, the Child Mind Institute uh, in the nonprofit uh, space. Uh, had a, a couple different roles in academia, universities, uh, with some for-profit startups sprinkled in, kind of going between the both. So uh, I have a, about a 10, 15 years of moving between the for-profit and nonprofit space, which uh, has helped me, I think, uh, get a kind of unique perspective, I think. But that's uh, what, what I'm doing. Yeah, and I think we met a few years ago now, right? So um, that's right. And uh, so, yeah, good. Actually, probably at a nonprofit I, power um, event. Maybe at a power. I, I do recall seeing you uh, at your booth at an AFP early days, or maybe it was okay. 1010. Yeah, uh, could have been it was when we were faking that we were a big company and we had a booth <laughs> and it was really just the two of us <laughs> at the table. And that was really the whole company. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm happy to, to, to still have you around uh, and, and have your, your uh, collaboration here. Yeah, always good to, good to catch up. And Glenn, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, sure. So I similarly have uh, had a number of years, more than I wish to remember. I guess it's been about 25 years stepping in and out of nonprofit and for-profit world. Um, I think uh, I've done a little bit of work in the government space, local government um, world. I've worked with a number of nonprofits, uh, small and large, uh, some of the some of the big national names, some of the, the smaller ones, um, and I work in the uh, the nonprofit services world. I work in the SAS SAS world for a while, uh, doing tech support, and uh, I came up uh, came up through a technical path, and uh, now find myself at the Luskarton Foundation, um, working working with digital and uh, business business and uh intelligence so um it's, it's been given me a similar perspective that is uh broad and, and and seen a lot of good in good tech in the profession in the for-profit world and the non-profit world so i was lucky I, enough to work together with you um for about six years i think um going this, back to 2009 to 2015 or something like that yeah, we did some good work together and, and supported a lot of fantastic organizations uh, coming up with some really innovative solutions uh, to help them deliver our mission. I'm 
Very a lot of times we did. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. A lot of good work together. A lot of times trying to either help organizations migrate onto upgrade, you know, upgraded platforms. Right. Um, uh, or even just MacGyvering what they had. Right. Um, and then, you know, how much time do you spend MacGyvering versus finding something a little bit more of a open, open the box and let it go kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I would love to hear your experience with, um, working with fundraise up. Um, I know it's only been a short amount of time, but I believe you did some AB testing um, and uh, had some good results there. If you could, you know, kind of share a little bit of that story with us, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, It's been um, a few months, actually. It has not been, it hasn't even been a year yet, uh, but it's been a fantastic platform to onboard. I know that that process was a little intimidating as we were looking at kind of ripping out the guts of some of our fundraising and, and moving that to a whole new platform. That was mildly terrifying, but uh, the Fundraise Up team gave us a lot of support and and comfort when we needed it. And the process was, it was much ado about nothing. The process was seamless. It plugged right in. We, um, we were able to uh, get up and running very quickly in the A-B testing. Um, we saw an increase in our uh, in our number of donors. So from, on an acquisition perspective, um, it was just a hands down clear winner. We had projected about a about a uh, one month uh, A-B test, I think. And by the end of the first week, the writing was on the wall and we let it run another week just to make sure. And it proved out the second week as well. That was in the summertime when, you know, everything's a little slower in the nonprofit world during the summer. Um, so we were very pleased with those results. Um, scurried as quickly as we could to migrate all of our campaigns over for uh, end of the year activities. So uh, we're in the pancreatic cancer vertical. Our, our month is November. So we hustled to get everything in place for a, a really fantastic um Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month and Giving Tuesday was was strong for us. So we've been very pleased and I would say probably shocked by how simple it was. We all of the fear was was all unfounded. So very appreciative of the of the fundraise up team for supporting us through that. Technology that simple. Part. That those words don't usually go together. Right? I know. It was amazing. <laughs> And, and yeah. it was easy to, to put it in place and switch over, even that sometimes offboarding is difficult. And uh, we didn't fully mm-hmm. offboard. We still use that other vendor for some other uh, targeted things. And we're happy with, with that. The two are playing together very, very well in our space. And, and uh, donors seem to love seem to love it as well. Is it one of those situations where you were using the same platform for both peer-to-peer fundraising and general donations and then have moved your general donations to yeah. to fundraise up? Yep, that was specifically what we were doing. That uh, use case is very, very much out there these days, right? Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, it's it's really common. Uh, we uh, that was one of the things we were nervous about. How are we going to manage on the back end? We also had an unrelated um, uh, CRM change that we were rolling out at the same time. Yeah, uh, up to a new stack there. And um, so we had a lot of anxiety over what's this going to mean for our staff. We're like all nonprofits, we're limited staff. We all know how to do what we're doing when we do it because we've been doing it every day. And and we were worried about what's the load going to be if we're running if we're running this A/B test. Are we going to be able to track that data? And uh, it all it all has worked really really well. And I feel as we come into December, we're really going to have that dialed in 
and the integration between our new CRM and the Fundries app. Uh, I'll say where we're at, we're actually, uh, we've moved to Virtuous and the integration between Virtuous and Fundries app, they're highly complementary platforms, uh, both just kind of top notch on, on modern tech. They both advance uh, advance new new features really quickly. We've been really pleased at this at this uh, stack. <clears throat> Kudos I'm for here. taking on a, a CRM and a, a digital revenue platform right? migration at one time. <laughs> but the, but to, to to agree with what you're saying, they're both um, you know new tech, new platforms, kind of you know next gen in in yeah. what they're doing. Um, it's probably I, I can only assume it's it's revolutionizing some things in, inside of Westgard. Yeah, we're we're pretty fresh in that. That was a much longer rollout. Moving our CRM of uh, about uh, we've we've cut back to five hundred thousand records. We were sitting at around six hundred and fifty. Hmm. So there was some keeping mm -hmm. in the middle of that. There's uh, we're you know we're we're still getting our hands fully around the CRM migration. That was definitely harder, but also easier than we anticipated. So virtuous for your your email communications, your CRM, um, uh, and then fundraise up for your donations. And what are you using for peer to peer? Peer to peer, we're using Classy, and I will say for email, we're still using Mailchimp on on the email side, uh, just because we want our email to stay stable until we fully get our our everything. Good call. Just perfect on the uh, <laughs> CRM side. Yeah, so. yeah. You don't <laughs> want to mess around with your unsubscribes and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense the um you know uh you know uh, i know classy started out with a heavy focus on the peer-to-peer -peer and the events and things like that mm -hmm. and um you know peer-to-peer -peer and straight donations and event management and things like that they're all in the same vertical they all take money yeah but they're very different in the architecture and in the needs. And it's really hard, I think, for uh, one platform to to deliver on beyond, you know, exceptional results on all of those things. And typically I think you'll find, and, and Mark, you'll, you'll know better than I in the space, is that, you know, any platform that does have five, six modules, will do one amazing and the rest might leave something to be desired. Um, so I, that, that tech stack, uh, sounds, sounds phenomenal. It sounds like it's powerful. It's got, it's got a best in class for all of those kind of different, uh, operations. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a strategy change for us. We have been in a single platform you know, kind of the, the jack of all trades, kind of a, a world mm -hmm. for, we, we are a, a very old classy client. We've been with them for a very long time. Uh, our staff are very well versed in, in the classy side, um, and it is, to your point, it's entirely different what our um, what our development staff needs in a donation form, donation campaign, from what our event staff needs in a you know in in the management of uh, peer to peer fundraising. So um, we we didn't want to swap that out and and ruin that. We're we're really happy with what Classy has been delivering on that, and we were happy with Classy in other ways too. We just felt that it was time to to um, kind of update the whole stack and and work towards a uh, a more modern collection. Uh, we have a new WordPress website so we were looking at tools that could yes. that could work with us and integrate in that new that kind of new new development code that we had there. <clears throat> 
and this is uh we're recording this actually the week of giving tuesday and i went out to your uh, lostgarden.org uh, this morning and um popping right up nicely as 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 uh, i would hope um was a, a donation form on fundraise up that super clean easy to use um and uh yeah it, and you know, easy to exit out of. That's not what you're there for. Um, yeah. And it's just a, a great thing to 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 see. Um, and yeah, the it definitely is advancing. I mean, a decade ago, you know, there was no way. I would always go. Well, you're you're probably going to make some sacrifices. You're definitely going to make some sacrifices on some different point solutions in a an overall stack. But at least you'll have an overall stack that's, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, totally um, communicating. It doesn't have silos, um, you know, trying to make uh, individual best in class point solutions all talk together, you know, uh, a decade or two ago was a lot less simpler than it, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, a lot more complex, a lot more ongoing maintenance um, to make sure all the trains, you know, move on time. Right. Um, but now, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see how much, clients are open to the idea and i recommend more often than not um different point solutions um you know the the one that has been probably the hold on for me was um you know if you have a peer-to-peer -peer solutions it'll probably do your donations just fine as well um but you know hearing success stories like like so like your a b testing and and the results there, you know, definitely puts out a new light in that. And, um, you know, Sal, I don't know if you have anything else to share about what you're seeing in the industry, why, you know, why clients should, you know, beyond what we've already covered, consider, you know, breaking those out to those best in class point solutions, um, even, even when it comes down to the transactional items. Yeah. I mean, um, and, and Glenn, you might be able to speak to this too. Uh, you know, I'm sure your team's saving some time and, and, I'm sure it was a lot of work to get those platforms upgraded, maybe less than you expected, but it was worth it. And I think a lot of nonprofits are afraid of that work. Um, the stigma of maybe legacy tech being so difficult to onboard uh, and those kind of bad memories of that process may <laughs> stick with them and, and, and stifle progress and, and, and innovation or adoption of innovation in a nonprofit. But, um, you know, being on the, the, the for-profit startup e-commerce side, moving to the nonprofit side, uh, and now kind of a, a mix of both, um, you know, I, I can only think that it's, it's making a, a major difference, not only to the mission, right? And, and Mark, back to your point, like, why do it? Why have best in point? Really, these, I mean, a nonprofit exists for the mission, for pancreatic cancer research, for animals, for children, whatever it might be. And that tech can enable a lot more of that mission to happen. That's where I always come from in this. I go, well, yeah, you know, it's a different system and you got to learn it. And it's going to be a couple months. We're going through a migration of our CRM at our company right now. And we all have to learn it. But the outcome later is going to be so much more worth it that it's worth a, a couple weeks of pain for the benefits that are going to come down the line. Uh, that's, that's the motivation I see for adopting uh best in class tech stacks but and i think it i think it goes a little bit further than that too right <clears throat> i think that it's a nonprofit world we're, we're staffed by a bunch of altruistic people who uh, have you know immense empathy and appreciation for any progress towards towards mission and frankly all of us set missions that are 
that are very lofty in the nonprofit world. It's it's not we're looking to make the most money this year. It's we're we're looking to cure cancer. We want to save save puppies. We want to feed the hungry. Whatever it is, um, and and I think that there's a um, there's a there's a hesitation that is somehow driven in. It almost sounds dirty that we're going to use a a for profit tech. We want to leverage it over here to become the most effective. But I think that it's we can use that technology to del- to deliver most effectively on our individual strategies. And we work where we work because we believe in that strategy. We may believe in the mission, but the reason I work for this particular organization is because I believe this organization's strategy to achieve that mission is stronger than mm-hmm. another some of our, I'll use the word competitors, which you don't often use in the nonprofit world, but they are our competitors. We're all trying to get to that goal. And we each believe that our particular strategy is the most effective path to that goal. And because of that, I think that we owe it to our boards and ourselves and our mission and our donors and everybody else. We kind of owe it to them to be as efficient and effective as we can in delivering that strategy. And I think that that's what a lot of these modern tools bring to us that that kind of the old world didn't. The old world relied on those soft skills, which are fantastic skills and something we need in our toolbox. Necessary. But yeah, we now have to move past that, our ability to to talk to a major donor and, 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 you know, just appeal to their soft, that use our soft skills, skills to appeal to them. We now need to use hard skills. We need to be looking at things in, in, in a business perspective, which especially now is every corporate 500 company is now dabbling in the nonprofit space as part of their mm-hmm. corporate social responsibility. We, that we are competing with them because they are taking dollars out of the philanthropic world. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Well said. So, so you've been on fundraise up for a few months now, right? Mm-hmm. You've been using um, Mailchimp and Classy, and you're, you're going to keep on using Mailchimp. It sounds like until you're. Where are you at in the virtuous migration? Is that completed or? Yeah, we're completed, and we're still fine tuning. Um, okay. One of the big changes with any, probably with any of the tools, right? Uh, donations are donations. That's which I don't mean to diminish that, but. Money coming in is money coming in. How we store that and map over to our CRM has a lot more to do with our internal processes and and what staff may or may want to do. So we set up for our migration. Most things are some semblance of sustaining the old processes, and we're and we're now at the step where we're taking the processes, our internal processes, and we're trying to tweak those to better leverage the tool that we just made a not insignificant investment in um, so that we can lean on on the real strengths of that tool rather than just having the same people pull new versions of the same old reports from a new system. We would rather that the new people learn how to use that new system. And so far, the staff's been very receptive to this. They are stepping up and, and learning the technology Partly because it's so good. I think, you know. That always new, helps. <laughs> yeah. New tech has a real advantage over old tech. They, they're they starting fresh. Uh, mm-hmm. My UX strategies are being deployed to the administrative side as much as the front, front end. And that's, unfortunately, that's a, that's a challenge for any of the kind of legacy tech out there. I used to work at some of that legacy tech, so I understand the complications that they face. Uh, Revamp, revamping their back end, but 
they need to step up that game. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's sure. So what's it's the still, focus it still blows oh, my sorry, mind. I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say it still blows my mind when you when you log into a dashboard of some software. Like there's an intangible feeling of when it feels solid, it feels easy. I mean, it's just pixels on a screen, right? And right. it's just how they're shaped and does it have a drop shadow or does it not? There's an intangible quality to software that when you log in for the first time, you go, ah, I'm going to be okay here. Or, <laughs> oh my God, where do I start? It's kind mm -hmm. of like really one of those two feelings. And, and, uh, and it, it's, it's just amazing. It's amazing when you, when you get that feeling. Well, it's how you sure. log in too, right? You go to a web page and you log in instead of having to start up an app, which allows you to get to this other place where you start this thing up and then you right. from there right. into the tool that you're trying to use. It's We're all accustomed to the Amazon world, the Facebook world, all these things that have now just become central to our lives. That's what we expect. That's just how it should work. I'm in my browser. We're conditioned now. now. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah. when the internet was air quotes starting and everyone was conditioned to AOL and it was hard for everything looked like AOL because that's what people were used to. We're kind of yeah. in, in another wave of that to some degree. <laughs> so what's on the roadmap for Les Garden in, in 2023? What's, what's, uh, what's, what's on horizon? Where's your uh, focus? I, our focus is really to uh, refine processes. I think that that's our, our next biggest hurdle. And then to really use these new tools to kind of dive in, slice and dice our data and figure out uh, where our, um, how we can align our processes to best leverage those. Um, that's not going to be a small task. We want it, you know, we want everybody to be wizards with the tool. So we're, you know, we're working on, on how to do that. Um, I think that that's another kind of hallmark of the nonprofit world is, is because the people that come into nonprofits are motivated by their altruism and their their connection to mm. mission. You know, these are these are not always people who are um, uh, they're not technology people by and large. Um, they're people who are familiar with technology. They use technology, and so bringing 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 staff along into a new a new technology deck can be challenging. Mm. Um, we have a great team that are all embracing the technology. They all want to learn more. And so at least for our first quarter, if not the first half, we're really going to be focused on how to give them uh, access and competence on all of the tools that they want to use, and then let them focus on their their strengths, which are those more of those soft skills. And we want the technology to support their soft skills rather than completely change their their being because they're you know, they're good at what they do. We just need to enable them to get the data they need to be the professionals that they are. Yeah. That's our big focus right now. <clears throat> nice. Nice. And then Sal, Fundraise Up has come out with um, like cryptocurrency, um, I think stock, right? Donor advice mm -hmm. funds. Is that uh, what's on your roadmap these days? Yeah, we'll, uh, We'll keep uh, increasing uh, our adoption of AI and machine learning. We're, we're, we're applying that to more and more places throughout the platform. Um, you know, we started kind of labeling it in there, kind of like where AI is, is um, touching. One example is uh, cover fees. When you ask donors to cover fees, mm -hmm. uh, we found that uh, there's a difference in conversion rate on higher amounts versus lower amounts, and it changes by organization. So we applied AI there to 
automatically pre-select or allow them to opt in or opt out rather uh, of covering fees based on AI and other factors. So that's the kind of stuff we keep applying um, our, our resources to is, is going deeper instead of wider. Um, one thing that we do focus on are top of funnel elements uh, for the website. So like Lost Gardens, the, the pop up there on the screen um, and some other things like that, we're going to be uh, rolling out next year hosted uh, landing pages. So that's the one thing that uh, many uh, will say is a, is a hole in the product is, well, I got all these elements, now I got to build a page. So we'll have hosted pages that will still follow the, the fundraiser methodology. I got to say, I love the elements. I So um, we, from our development perspective, you know, they envision a campaign and they're like, oh, we need a landing page for this and we need another landing page for this and we need this. And then you ask them, why do you need all those landing pages? Oh, I want to track the effectiveness of this. The elements allow us to do that, but yet put the, mm -hmm. the, the funds, put the, the money in one bucket in a campaign bucket. And then we use the elements to get to different places. And a perfect example of this, I love the elements. We've we've had probably 10 elements running for Giving Tuesday. Anyone awesome. who heard Mark say going to the page, he saw the Giving Tuesday, that pop-up has now come off since this podcast started. Uh, so it won't be there if anyone goes. <laughs> However, they'll see over on the on the right-hand side, they'll see a uh, little mm -hmm. sidebar donate button, which stays there. It's permanent. We're seeing good good reception from that or good receptivity to that. We're seeing, uh, you know, we obviously have the donate button at the top. That's mm -hmm. an element. Uh, if you spend some time on our site, you'll see that somebody donated and there will be a little social proof thing that pops up and says, hey, Betty Smith just donated 50 bucks or whatever it is. And cool. obviously Betty can be anonymous if she chooses, but that also has an option. So we love what elements are giving us and all the different paths to a page. Plus we have the forms and those are also an element. So imagine flexibility to actually set things up the way that you, you think will be most, and you've, you prove through testing uh, are going to be most, most acceptable. So well yeah. done. And it's been awesome. And it also allows us to tell uh, the development team, Hey, you know what? We're really seeing the, the pop-up worked the, uh, the maybe the pop-up didn't work and maybe this other thing worked better. So we're, we've loved the elements. We love that. Cool. All right. Well, final question for both of you. Uh, first of all, Saul, if you want to take it, um, uh, any final thoughts so, or advice for organizations as they're looking? Uh, I would say don't be afraid of uh, upgrading your tech stack. Uh, the benefits are there for it. Uh, it's worth the effort and it's probably less onerous than you think. Um, and uh, you're doing a service to your donors, giving them a comparable experience to what they're conditioned to in the rest of the world. And you're doing a service to, to the mission. So uh, I guess, and also the staff, right, Glenn, if they find the tech to be helping them with their day-to-day. -day. Those would be my closing comments. Don't be afraid. I like it. I like it. How about you, Glenn? And I would echo all of that. And I would say another thing that's really important to look for is an organization or a, a uh, vendor who's going to be a partner. And um, we have found that Fundraise Up, Virtuous, these are fantastic organizations filled with passionate people who are every bit as passionate about um, philanthropy generally and their products as any of us are about our missions. And I think that that's, that's the other thing that really makes it work, especially because there is, you know, it, it is less painful than you think, but there is still some anxiety there and you need a good partner to help lead you through all that. 
All right. Well, on that note, thank you guys so much for joining me today. And thanks everybody out there for listening in. And uh, we'll be talking again in the new year. Have a good one. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Nonprofit Voice. You can listen to more episodes of The Nonprofit Voice at nonprofitpro.com slash podcast slash the hyphen nonprofit hyphen voice. And remember, for your convenience, you can stream any and all episodes of The Nonprofit Voice on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify.